I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here. As always, and of course, it's an opposition preview ahead of Saturday's game going to Ellen Rhodes against Leeds United. Of course, it's uh, it's a game many Villa fans may be looking forward to or maybe not being looked forward to, depending how pessimistic the fan base is at present time. But nonetheless, of course, in order to have an opposition preview, we need a Leeds fan. And that is Paul Morrison from at Leeds that on Twitter. So without further ado, Paul, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Uh, how about yourself? Oh, I can't complain. Of course, we just had a, a very brief little chat before we got underway, and it's just your typical uh, pandemic times. You, you make of it what you will, and you, you live life as much as you can inside your own house. So it is what it is, really. But uh, let's let's touch on the, uh, the Leeds United perspective first, as we always try to do on these opposition previews. And with your season, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of, fans from any fan base were expecting you guys to be in 10th with 35 points at this stage in the season. So what are your thoughts? Where, where's your mind taking you at this present time? Uh, well, delighted because we, we've just passed the total that we got in our relegation season 16 years ago with 13 games to go. So um, we've got the amount of points that were, were enough to make uh, a certain team safe last season by the looks of it. So I would say, yeah, that was always the priority this year, staying up and anything else beyond that. I I'm I controversially hold the opinion. I don't know how controversial it is, but my podcast colleague despises me saying this, that I really don't want to qualify for Europe this season because our squad is um, threadbare at the best. So I I think staying up, consolidating and enjoying the rest of the season, sure. If we do, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big task to uh, with with a major overhaul, not overhaul, but ma- major additions are going to be needed to make us have a squad that's capable of competing on on that many fronts. Yeah, and I mean, well, aside from the Villa fan base, I mean, we've seen a number of examples of that where some other teams within the Premier League, of course, unsuspectively just kind of get European football. And at times it's handled well, and at other times it just hasn't been. I mean, if you look at Wolves, who I think last season started in August and basically due to the coronavirus almost played for a full year. Of course, there being a break there due to the virus, basically. But it just it's definitely not manageable for some teams and of course with just coming in the Premier League trying to focus on other things that are definitely more important than European football at this point it can definitely be testing I know for Villa fans in perspective I'm probably one of a minor few that really don't want it next season because I know we still have a very championship caliber bench and that takes a few seasons to kind of get rid of but nonetheless keeping on the Leeds theme here and you were talking about expectations so 
I guess really aside from you, what's the kind of expectations for the rest of the season for most of the fan base that you see from your uh, your perspective, I should say? Probably pretty mixed. I think um, what, what you don't want is for it to fizzle out. Um, I, but I can't see that from the way that the manager drills the players, the squad, the, the unity there. I think they will believe and, and want to finish as, as high as possible. And and believe they they have a self belief that they would be capable of doing that. They no football club is going to sit around and say, "Well, we're best off in ninth because we're not really ready for eighth or, or for seventh or sixth or whatever it is." Equally, um, slightly higher prize money for finishing higher. So I think the squad will have the belief that they've probably just about achieved their primary objective and now they need to go. And to be honest, they may play now even more so with the shackles off, which sounds ridiculous because we don't play a contained brand of football. Um, We saw that, I mean, we'd had up and down results already by the time we played you in October, but it's continued in that vein. It is pretty much the definition of mid-table form. But when you have mid-table form in the championship, it's dull as dishwater. And when you have (laughs) mid-table form in the Premier League, it means that you're playing some really exciting football at times. And at other times, you just overrun uh, or outthought by really strong teams. I don't think there, even down to Sheffield United, I I don't think there is a particularly weak team in the in the Premier League this season. I think that Sheffield United have, have, have not been thrashed. They've not, like, they're not, they've embarrassed themselves in a way in terms of points total, but in terms of, they've all been close games that they've been in. And so you couldn't, like, with a little bit of luck, etc. that they are a way off. And, and the bottom three, other than Fulham, who, who look like them, well, Newcastle have been dragged in basically by their own poor form as much as anything. But there's a lot of in that middle pack from even Newcastle upwards, say, you you feel like that anybody could be anybody on a given day, de- depending on uh, genuinely depending on fine margins. Um, and when we come to talk about Leeds and Aston Villa, that game earlier in the season, we both. Uh, I think I predicted a draw because I you'd won four in a row at the time, and you, I think you were sort of uh, asking people to keep calm, and it was early in the season, even though you'd just beat Liverpool seven nil, and uh, try and manage those expectations from from your end as well, because for for you guys having had that season last season, this season was your you've achieved the same primary aim that we have, staying up. Yeah, but anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, this is probably well. You could probably put it down to a number of factors that are honestly valid with how wild the season's been. Anywhere you could say probably from fourth to heck, maybe twelfth or even thirteenth. It just seems like it's unpredictable right now, and you don't really know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. And I honestly can't remember the last time it's kind of been that volatile where you, honestly anything could really happen but i guess to get to the game of course and you you just did mention that paul of course and it's it's a really weird game to kind of reflect on now and that loss in particular because it, it was one from our perspective where i can think of the well the one instance where Grealish literally went through half your team and somehow still didn't score 
that, that would have put us up one nil. And I think there was a chance right after that as well. And it just, it was one of those games where if we took those two chances, we could have easily just wrapped it up there and we didn't, and we got punished for it. And then you look at the seasons that we both had and they're pretty comparable in terms of results. And of course, where we are, it's only a, a point difference, eighth versus 10th, of course. So there could be a, a bit of changing of the guard in terms of position this weekend. And I fully expect that, some way or another but when you look at this game especially at home are you do you have a lot more kind of comforts of home about it or are you more confident about it or where do you sit with it well we've relayed our pitch because the pitch was shocking and then the new pitch is shocking as well and (laughs) um i think it's they've when you lay a pitch during winter um when there's been so much water and snow it's just it's just shocking, and so there isn't a particular comfort around it. Although we have uh, won consecutive home games, so th- there is an element of that. I mean, we've got injuries, we've got big injuries in the same way that you've got big injuries. Although I suppose prior to the other night, the only other game that we'd won this season without Calvin Phillips was the uh, game at Villa Park. So yeah, I, I think. I think it meant a lot to the team at the time and the fan base. And I don't know if there is still for, for a lot of our players an added edge around it because of what happened previously, which we've talked about before. Because um, I, I think that's gone now. I think it's a, mm-hmm. a long time that they, they're quite professional. But they, I'm not sure. Bielsa said today that he hopes that Grealish plays because he prefers teams to have their best players available. Which is, and I think he he means that as well. Whereas most opposition fans will be saying, like I've I've read a little bit of Aston Villa preview where they go, well, it's a good job he's injured and it's a good job he's injured, and all Leeds fans would say, yeah, great, cash and Grealish out, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so that's what fans are like. Bielsa's too too kind, too honest. Yeah, he's massive, massively kind of an honorable man, I guess you could say. And of course, we talked about it in the previous preview that we did earlier on in the season, of course, what happened in that championship season, of course, and all that kind of stuff. And for some odd reason, I still don't understand why fans from both our fan bases still hold on to that. I mean, if you're going to hold on to that, you might as well hold on to, I don't know, the the time that we lost to United in the cup. I, I, I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's one of those things. I think people just pick at things and think, you know what, here's, here's something that we can kind of hype ourselves up with, I guess. I don't know, but nonetheless, kind of looking at that perspective, some, some interesting stats, Paul, and it, this would be, I guess, if you guys win, of course, it'd be the first league double you've done over us since 75, 76. So it's been a long yeah. time. And for, I mean, I'm not going to make any context out of this. It was just an interesting stat, but Leeds on the last, I think, eight Saturdays, you've lost five of them. Villa on the last six have won or haven't lost any of them with five wins, a draw, and keeping all clean sheets in those games. There's no context in really any of that anymore, of course, but it's always kind of interesting if you look at kind of historical bases and, and see how things are going. Like I saw another stat where I think it was like Villa or one of the sides along with like Liverpool and United that apparently within the Yorkshire area have like some of the best records or something. But like you can't really draw on those, especially in modern day and especially with a pandemic going on, of course, because we just don't know where we're going to get kind of on a day to day basis. But getting kind of back to the game, I guess, in some kind of instance, 
when you look at this, and of course, we don't really know what's going on with Jack Grealish at the time because it's Thursday recording time. This will go on a Friday. Who knows if anything will be announced till the game time unless something gets leaked again like it did last time. Of course, we know Matty Cash is out. But if you look at this Villa side, Paul, is there one or two areas where you go, you know what, that's where we're going to exploit? Well, what you were saying before about uh, stats and form and and. I think they are they are just quirks, but Ancelotti said last week or that around the the victory that Everton had over Liverpool that that there is a psychological hold that some of those kind of things can have. And even though clearly the team that Liverpool played uh, against Everton had entirely different squads compared to twenty years ago, um, the the influence of history can weigh on some players' minds. And so for the ref- manager to reference it, that was uh, that was really interesting. Um, in terms of Villa's current squad, in terms of what... I did, like the, as you said, the, the first game was just on fine margins. In the first half, you had one cleared off the line. There was a debatable one with VAR, and it, it was a real back-and-forth, to-and-fro game. And the Grealish chance, um, where I personally have a lot of time for Grealish, I'm... Uh, you know, I'm an Englishman. I, I, I think he's a creative player that w- would be hugely influential for England if, if played in the right way. But I did think it, on that run, he was just incredibly greedy when he got to the box. He, 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 he took everyone on and then probably you would say he'd earn the right to have a shot. But if he squared it, that's tapping. Yeah. Um, and that's how that's how it goes. Um, Bamford's had best night of his career, um, <laughs> scoring a, a, a brilliant hat-trick. And so... Um, Cash was the one who stuck out for me in that first game because he he did so well in that first half. Um, but I, I think I, I, hmm, Watkins has always been a player that that's uh, that's caused a lot of problems. And on his day, can I, I think I think he can cause something out of nothing. Um, so you do have players that that can really hurt hurt teams going forwards at any point. And I know we're going to get to predictions. And as you've said, alluded to, I find it really difficult to predict. I find it really particularly difficult to predict these sort of what I call mid-table games against opposition with similar kind of points because it does come to that. It comes to moments in in matches rather than particularly being stronger and and more dominant across a game against opposition. Um, So we we will have to see. I, I had a little look at the Leeds lineup from last time and, we we do have quite a change of personnel, even though um, Phillips is is still out. But I think it'll be probably six of the eleven starting this time. So there there are tweaks, there are there are changes. Um, we're stronger in some areas, weaker in other areas. We've had a very injury plagued season. Um, that when you don't have a huge squad, it it will affect. That's why moving forwards, we couldn't afford that really. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, when I look at this game in particular, it just, for from a Villa perspective, it just it depends on our midfield. Our midfield hasn't been there since, oh gosh, probably past Southampton and somehow I don't even know how we got something out of that. But regardless, it's uh, it's been an issue probably for the last few weeks and whether it's only kind of leaving Dougie Louise to fend for himself or whether Ross Barkley's even bothered and throwing a tantrum when he when he gets substituted well, off there's that's oh, a sorry. really interesting one because i and i'm I, 
you might not want me to name drop it, but I was on Villa Talk today having a read at the match thread to do a bit of, of preparation reading, and and they were, I couldn't believe how pessimistic people were. But oh, particularly, yeah. no nobody had a good word to say about Barkley. Whereas going into the game in October, and like we're, we're in February, October is not a long time ago, um, and it was the the back end of October, but people were saying that it was the sort of renaissance of Ross Barkley, and and he was the player to be. To be scared, to be really wary of at, at that point in time. So, yes, yeah, uh, it's an interesting dynamic, but I, I, it's it is just going to be fine margins again. I can't see it being anything beyond that. The people saying that Aston Villa were in poor form, but I've looked at the the form guide and you've got only got two points out of the last six games less than less than we have. Um, it, there's nothing in it really. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you kind of brought up that with the whole Ross Barkley perspective, because on our uh, kind of recap podcast that we do near the end of every week going up for the Mondays, I've been having a little kind of play around with the best way to get kind of Twitter people involved. And we start doing these three word reviews. And over the last two games, especially the last one, um, I think out of the 50 responses we got, I want to say 45 of them were about Ross Barkley. Um, yeah, it, it's again, football is a game where it's minute by minute, one minute, someone's a hero, one minute, they're a coward or they're not good enough. And I, I do think you look at Ross Barkley in particular, and I said this, I think on the weekend, I think a lot of people still look at him and think it's Everton, Ross Barkley, the youngster, that's what we're going to get. And I think people look at his injury record or don't look at it and just think it's, I don't know. I just think you look at like maybe even Jack Wilshire and the few other ones where there's supposed to be these quote unquote generational talents. And because of a number of different factors, it just doesn't work out. And I, I think even the player themselves sometimes kind of, fall into that trap but uh, anyways it's it is what it is but uh paul before we wrap things up here um i know you weren't too excited to do it a few minutes ago when you referenced this but what's your score prediction <laughs> well uh this time i'll be slightly more optimistic around leads chances i'll, I'll go three one leads um I, I, the funniest comment that i saw on villa talk was someone going if we can't score against these everybody scores against leads i thought it was three nil last time you didn't <laughs> score against leads so <laughs> So, but I'll give you credit. As, but again, that's we beat Southampton three 0 the other night. They could have been one 0 up in the first five minutes. They could have been two 0 up in the first twenty, and it finished three 0 to Leeds. So that's how that's how the games are at the moment. So I wouldn't be surprised with absolutely anything. Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the hardest games to predict, and I think even last time we chatted, it was just as hard. So I'll, I'll be polite, but not completely polite to. Villa fans into myself I guess I will go I'll say 2-2 two, two. I don't think it's going to happen but I'll take a point because the way it's going right now I think we just need a, a decent result against a team that's in and around us to maybe kind of regain some of that confidence I mean like you said there it it, it could be at a, a wild opening few minutes or whoever gets the first yeah. chance and whoever takes it it's going to be one of those and I, I think watching several Leeds games this season it's kind of how it's been so Whoever takes those chances obviously comes out the victor. But uh, nonetheless, Paul, before we wrap things up here, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, people can find us at Leadstat on on Twitter. It's a, the Leadstat podcast. We do similar kind of thing, match day previews and reviews and and player interviews. So if if people want to hear our perspective after the game, which if 
if you win, head over and listen to us be depressed <laughs> about it. Give us a little boost. No one listens when we lose, so... <laughs> yeah, the, it is funny from a content perspective, though, um, quickly, that uh, I always find, especially like with Villa, you look at the 7-2 over Liverpool, you look at uh, beating Leicester 1-0 and several other ones like beating Arsenal twice this season. Our, our, our listenership has definitely doubled when those happen and when yeah. it's uh, losses anywhere along the lines, it's basically half of that. So, yeah. I mean, oh, the life of being a, uh, a content producer. But anyways, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much, Paul, for joining me. Of course, if you want to find me on Twitter, Cole Petum, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. Hopefully a entertaining result on Saturday, but we'll leave it there. And don't forget, up the villa. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.